Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good Risings. I'm Brian, and this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. This week, we're talking spiritual awakening. We got it started Monday with suppressed emotion. Yesterday was meditation, and today we're getting into shadow work. In order to understand shadow work, we have to understand what our shadow selves are. But the good news is, it really is exactly what it sounds. On one hand, we have the aspects of ourselves that we're proud of, the us that we present and embrace, the emotions we're comfortable sharing, like happiness, support, enthusiasm. On the other hand, we have our shadow selves. It's the side of ourselves that we shun, the things we'd rather people never see. It's what some would consider the darkness in them. If you've been with us for a while, you might already be noticing the similarities between the shadow self and what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body. You may recall, the pain body is the accumulation of all our perceived upsets, our failures, and disappointments, where the pain body would be the voice speaking in our minds. The shadow self is our perceived negative attributes, beliefs, and feelings. So again, according to Eckhart Tolle, all our suffering becomes its own identity. We end up with this pain body within us who has all sorts of judgments about us and the world around us. Judgments which may not necessarily be rooted in truth, more our feelings as a result of our own lived experience. And remember, another word for the pain body is the trauma brain, or the concerned best friend in our heads. That nagging voice is technically there to protect us, no matter what they're saying, no matter what they're pointing out, no matter how critical, no matter who it's about or when. It's all in an effort to identify potential threats. In the same way, our shadow selves developed as a way to protect us. So we start to recognize these key shadow aspects in ourselves. Are we hypervigilant? Are we critical of ourselves or others? Are we often angry or sad or despondent? Are we disengaged from the world? Are we afraid to tell people how we feel? Are we hiding truths about ourselves from the people that we love? Then, as we begin to recognize these traits within ourselves, that we mask or hide, we identify them as our shadow traits. There is absolutely no shame. There is nothing inside of us that isn't also in others. We're never alone in the way that we're thinking or feeling or believing. But once we've brought these shadow aspects into the light of our own minds, we give them proper consideration. Why are they there? When did they arrive? And what purpose have they served me thus far? Maybe we see if we can identify the first time in our life that we felt this way. We see if we can identify times when these feelings were at their peak. We see if we can recall times when we weren't feeling this way. Maybe we can remember where we learned it, whether in one instance or slowly over time. Or maybe we can sort out what this feeling or behavior is a response to. The goal is to get to the root of it, purely so that we can understand it better. Let's say we're hypercritical of ourselves. 
we might begin by noticing this shadow aspect in ourselves. From there, we might think back on moments we were particularly critical of ourselves, or when we weren't critical at all. Why did it start? Did someone specific say something to us? Were we often criticized by the people that we loved or who were supposed to love us? People who were criticized often when they were young tend to engage in self-criticism both consciously and subconsciously as a means of preparing themselves for the same types of criticism from external forces in order to lessen the blow, so to speak. So from there, we can begin to do the work of unwinding these learned behaviors by bringing focus to the context of that old experience. What's changed? In what ways is this belief no longer serving us? Was it ever true at all? What forces may have played a role that we'd never considered before? Did we really have a clear understanding of those old situations, or were we unnecessarily hard on ourselves? We're simply getting to know ourselves better. We're reframing these defining moments that had a negative impact on the way that we feel about ourselves, and the expression of those negative feelings as traits. They're no longer ominous or mysterious, or scary. They're just aspects of our trauma, things we're working through. And when we know the root cause, it's that much easier to say, oh, there that is again. I know why that's there. We recognize that old subconscious habit, that shadow aspect, and we bring awareness to our present self, the person that we are now, or our future self, who we intend to become. Each and every time we recognize those shadow aspects, those habitual responses, and we turn to a new thought or a new belief or behavior instead, we're building new neural pathways. We're making the positive thought or action our new preferred means of behaving. The big difference here is are we fearing our shadow selves or engaging in this shadow work? We're spending time to understand and acknowledge the existence of our shadow selves rather than attempting to ignore or squash it altogether. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. We'll be back again tomorrow for day four of our week, Spiritual Awakening. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.